good morning, everybody. This is Larry Dobrow, Senior Editor of MMM, and welcome to the MMM Podcast. Uh, today, we have a great and I think very unique guest in Sebi Borriello, who's the Vice President and Chief Commercial Officer of SK Life Science. Um, we'll bring him in in a second, but first, one or two quick plugs. Um, MMM's Best Places to Work program has been debuted. So please go to our website or check us out through our social media channels for more information on how to apply. Um, our next big virtual event, MMM Transform, will be held on September 30th and October 1st. Um, details in the same places as the uh, Best Places to Work stuff. And finally, the fully virtual MMM Awards have been scheduled for October 8th. Um, clear your calendars, get a babysitter. You know, uh, you, have, you have a lot of run-up time here, a good two months before it's getting going. Going to be a lot of fun. We have a virtual um, awards theater that is really, really cool in a way that you didn't expect we'd be able to do back in March. So uh, please uh, clear your calendar for that. All right. So I'd like to welcome Sebi to the podcast. Sebi, thanks so much for joining us here today. Larry, my pleasure. Um, we appreciate you taking the time and having us on. Uh, we're excited to, to share the next uh, next few minutes with you. So again, thanks. All right. So um, you know, it's interesting. I guess ever since March, since we went to taping this virtually. And as always, I'm in my eight-year-old son's room, our uh, very uh, tech-centric uh, podcast studio here. But ever since we went to doing this virtually, you know, um, I don't think we've had a story really like this in terms of, you know, a launch, you know, a major launch that, you know, kind of ran up against some of the things that we've been dealing with over the last couple months. Um, but before we get into that, first and foremost, um, how are you? How's everybody at SK? Um, how have you handled the transition into this, you know, crazy, crazy period that we've been in? Yes. Yeah, so, so, so everybody, thanks for asking. Everybody's doing, doing fine. I think, you know, we've, uh, like many other organizations, we've um, adapted, I, I think, pretty quickly and, and well, I, you know, fortunately, uh, the technology um, has worked out really well. I just think back, I've been in the industry for for over 30 years, and I, I, I was just reflecting, saying, if this would have happened when I first, you know, broke into the industry without this technology, you know, what would we have done? I think with the technology um, and and all the different different modes of getting to healthcare professionals and patients, it really has afforded us, you know, um, an opportunity to to kind of, you know, go onward and forward. Um, again, in a different way, but think about think about that, Larry. Right, thirty years ago, we probably would have just sat at home and and waited. Um, and Hell, um, ten years ago, we might have sat at home and waited. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so we're doing well. Um, you know, the, the sales organization is 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 very excited um, to to launch the, the, the you know launch Excopri, which is the brand name of our epilepsy drug, and um, you know, we'll be even more excited, as you can imagine, um, when uh, this goes all goes away so we can get back to uh, uh, that face to face, you know, the more traditional face to face on a regular basis. But and as far as us in the home office, again, we're uh, adapting well. We haven't missed a beat. Um, we haven't missed a beat in terms of getting things done and accomplishing things. And you, listen, you read the literature, you know, working from home, it's clear no matter what industry you're in, work, you put more hours in when you work when you work from home. And, and I think Absolutely. it's good. I think it's good. I think we get, get a lot accomplished um, and, and uh, keeps the business flowing, which, which is, uh, which is, imp which is certainly important. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, Sebi, you, you mentioned over the course of your last answer that, you know, you've been in the business for a while, 30 years. Um, however, I think you have one of the cooler backstories of any podcast guest that we've had. Um, not just your experience at J&J and elsewhere, but uh, your athletic career uh, prior to prior to coming into this business. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, God, it's a long time ago. Um, <laughs> not that long ago. <laughs> uh, that, Oh, it's 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 35 years ago when my when my, my my baseball career came to an end. So yeah, so I was fortunate enough um, uh, to play baseball uh, throughout my collegiate. I went to St. John's University in Queens. Um, I played baseball there for four years, and um, my senior year uh, was drafted um, by the Minnesota Twins. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was uh, faced with. Uh, I graduated in May, the draft was in June, and I certainly was looking for a job. I had a college degree, I was looking for a job and um, you know, going on interviews, and then I get a call that um, the Minnesota Twins from the scout, uh, Herb Stein, a wonderful man, uh, you know, been in baseball for a long period of time, and calls me and says, I just wanna let you know that the Minnesota Twins have just selected you in the, in the Major League Baseball draft. And, um, so here I am, I'm faced with a decision. Do I continue to look for a real job or do I go play baseball? And, and as you can imagine, it was a pretty easy decision. It was like, you know what? Um, <laughs> yeah, it was really easy. I said, you know what? I'll put the resume, I'll put the resume uh, to bed right now and just uh, come by. You know, he said to me, um, do, you, do you think, are you going to be, are you going to be, are you going to give me a hard time to sign with the twins? And I said, well, I said, well, I, what do you mean? I'm, I can't imagine, right, that anybody would give any, you know, a, a major league team uh, a problem signing. And he said, well, uh, your teammate uh, went on to to a more illustrious career than I did uh, by the name of uh, Frank Viola, who's uh, you know Cy Young <laughs> Award winner. He said, well, he said we just we just drafted Frank, and Frank's given us a hard time to sign. I said, I said, uh, Herb, I said, uh, let me make it really simple for you. I'll be waiting in my dining room, bring the pen, bring the contract, bring the plane tickets. And I can assure you, I will not give you a hard time because in the back of my mind, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking it's an easy choice. I, I'm not going to, I don't want to go work right now. I want to go work and play baseball. That's why my job. So, uh, yeah. So thanks for, um, thanks for recognizing that. It was an outstanding experience and um, um, still very involved with St. John's baseballs and alumni and, and uh, it was just a great experience in college and certainly afterwards. Yeah, I mean, great program. And, you know, if you're going to be involved with anybody at this point, yeah, that's uh, that's the one you want to be involved with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, you know, after after your baseball career, you know, you spent a long time. Obviously, you've been in this business a while. Uh, some of the takeaways, you spent a lot of time at Johnson & Johnson. What, what are some of the learnings from your J&J &J time that you can that you brought with you to SK Life Science when you joined um, what, about four and a half years ago I guess it was yeah yeah uh, yeah I joined September of 2016 as the first commercial hire um, you know I, you know J&J &J, my, my experience at J&J &J, you know I, I did a lot of different things there from sales sales management sales training marketing um, I, I think Companies like J&J &J, uh, and the big pharma companies just give you, it's just an incredible um, uh, atmosphere to learn the business from every angle. And of course, 
with great with great mentors, right? With people who you know you learn from people who, who before you who uh, can just you listen and learn and observe and you know you make some mistakes, but you learn from the mistakes. And and I I, I think you know the way the way things really worked out for me was uh, I, I'm not quite sure. I would have had the opportunities that I had after J and J with, with you know, with uh, with Sempra and SK Life Science, you know, two biotech companies. Without that 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 experience with J and J, it's really grounded and and provided the foundation and holistically really understanding the industry and and how to um, how to operate in the industry. So so for for me, um, you know. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do anything differently. Uh, if I look back and look at my my career progression, I would I would I would do the same exact thing all over again. So uh, so and if, if you don't mind, Larry, just a little history of SK. I think a lot of people don't. Oh, know absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that was sort of know, going to be my next question. My next question is going to be, you know, you joined SK early in its evolution, and um, you know, t- tell us about that. I mean, you you know, you were given the you were really given the mandate to build something. Uh, talk, talk, walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, so so um, um, Mark Kamen, who's the chief medical officer, I worked with at J&J years ago. Uh, I worked in epilepsy with him. Um, and what was interesting, what was interesting was that we, um, I had never heard of SK and, and I you know, got a call, I got a call saying, hey, um, you know, I, I, I work for this company now and um, it's called SK Life Science. And, and, you know, they're thinking about putting together a commercial organization. And I gave them a call and, and I said, Give me, I don't know who they are. Never heard of them. I try to do some research like anybody else uh, online and not a lot out there. Uh, you know, there's just not a lot of information out there. So uh, I talked to Mark and, and Mark said, uh, I was pretty happy, by the way, where I was. Um, very <laughs> happy, as a matter of fact. And um, I said, you know what? Never hurts to, to to talk and listen to to what's going on and, and what the opportunity is. And sure enough, um, I went up to uh, Fairlawn at the time, uh, Fairlawn, New Jersey, and uh, met with uh, the executives there. Um, and you know, immediately uh, was intrigued by the opportunity. And, and Mark, Mark, being the, the chief medical officer and being involved with a lot of epilepsy trials in his career said, you know, I think we have something special here. Um, he said, I, I, you know, and I think we, you know, I think the drugs are going to get approved. We still got a long way to go. Um, and I said, you know what, I'm going to take the risk. Right. And the risk was, um, you know, going to a company that doesn't have a product. Uh, when I say doesn't have a product, certainly we, we still were going through the regulatory process and clinical trials and, and, um, you know, so I said, you know what, I'm going to take the risk. I, I'm, I love to build. I, I, I would say like, uh, you know, I'm a builder. I like building organizations, uh, you know, being the the ability to take it from scratch uh, was was great. And I have, I have really two criteria in my entire career that I that I looked at to in order to take a job, even with even when I was at even when I was at J&J, it, it, there was two simple things I would ask myself. Can I learn from the from the opportunity? And can I make a contribution, right? Can can I take my previous experience and and and, and make a contribution in a new job? And when I ask those two questions to myself uh, with with SK Life Science, I'm like, 
yeah, I think I can make a contribution. And you know what? I think I can learn a lot. And, um, you know, what I, what I learned also is, you know, SK Life Science is, is part of SK Biopharm. We're a subsidiary of SK Biopharmaceutical. And, and SK Group is this conglomerate in Korea. You know, many people know um, some really big conglomerates because they're, they're very well-known consumer organizations, right? LG, a lot of people know LG. Yeah. Hyundai, a lot of people know Hyundai, obviously, um, in the U.S., Hyundai, you know, with, with their, with you know, in, in, in the car business. But SK is like, SK, I'm like, SK is, the, is, is one of the top three largest companies, conglomerates in Korea. So what helped me make the decision was not only what I heard during the interview process and was, you know, the, 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 the commitment of a large conglomerate the size of SK um, and their commitment in being that their next group, big, their next big growth platform, you know, they're in telecom, they're in oil and gas, they're in microchips, but their next big uh, growth platform was pharmaceuticals. So I said, you know what? Um, it looks like the commitment is there. It certainly looked like the funding was there. Um, they, and they were committed. And I'm, you know what? I said, I'm going to be committed to, to, to building a commercial organization. And, and that's how I got to SK. Mm -hmm. um, what was, if there was one, what was sort of the eureka moment for you? You know, when you knew that, all right, you know, not only is this, you know, a good opportunity, but this is a good opportunity that's working. You know, was there kind of a, kind of a moment, whether it was a couple of years ago or recently that, said to you, like, you know, this is it, you know, this company is on the right path. We're building what we wanted to build. So, so I have to think about that, but I, I mean, I may have to take it through a few. So I think one was, <laughs> yeah, one was, um, you know, you know, when I went, I joined in September and the, uh, the American Epilepsy Society meeting uh, is, is every December. And I went there as an attendee just to kind of get reacquainted um, with with the society. And and when I walked in uh, to the convention hall, within with literally within five minutes, I ran into five key opinion leaders who we immediately recognized each other. And um, and I said, "Wow, this is this is." This this is great, right? I can I can immediately assimilate back in, knowing that these key opinion leaders that I worked with before uh, remembered me. I remember them, and I knew I would have to rely on them to take us through the journey as we got ready to launch. So that I, I came back from that meeting saying, oh, "This is this is good. Um, this is really good, and 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 we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get back in and start building." A, a reputation that we had uh, when we when we work in an epilepsy at J and J, uh, we, we had a pretty good reputation then, and we're just we're going to pick up right where we left off. Then the second part, you know, the second sort of you know you know uh, you know positive eureka moment was when I started talking to some of these these uh, clinical the the, the 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 physicians doing the clinical trials, and they reiterated exactly sort of what Mark Kamen said to me. There's something special about this product when it comes to getting patients to zero seizures. And, and they, they just, they, they really couldn't pinpoint exactly what it is, but they were saying, we, we're getting results with these very refractory patients 
that they've never seen before. And 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 why it was a eureka, you know, a eureka moment was these folks have been doing clinical trials with anti-epileptic drugs their entire career. This is this wasn't their first, you know, clinical trial experience. They've done them with all the one, pretty much with almost every one that's been on the market or it's come to market. So for them to say that was wow. And then you know maybe uh, the 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 last one I'll I'll, I'll um, sort of communicate to you was I think personally was when I started and it had nothing to do with the product but it talked it's about the commitment that that SK you know um, not only talked about but 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 showed showed me is was when I started to build my business plans and ask for the resources that that I needed, um, you know, it's it, it, you always go into an organization where you, you know, especially when you don't, you really don't know the organization well. Um, and you start, you know, when they say to you, you know, you're going to start with a, a blank piece of paper and build your organization and we'll support you. But until you start doing it, and then they start saying yes to things that you need, then I said to myself, you know what? Yeah, this, this, this is something special. This is really this something is. special, and um, mm -hmm. and they've given us everything we've needed. Um, let's fast forward a little bit to um, earlier this year. I guess maybe before uh, everything was disrupted and you know life became a very uh, very different than what we had been used to. Um, tell me about some of the initial launch plans for Excopri, Kind of uh, where you were pre-COVID. Yes. So we 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 were like I think every other other pharma company who was in that situation of getting ready to launch. We had uh, certainly, uh, out, you know, we had the Salesforce on board. Um, you know, what, what's interesting about, you know, some CNS products and, and which was Excopri was, was afforded us the following opportunity, which, which when you, when I've launched other products, you know, you don't get this opportunity. So the NDA was, was submitted in, in November of 18 in November of 19, we got the approval. So, so we got the approval, but what, what, what happens with epilepsy drugs and, and many CNS drugs, before you could launch, the, uh, the Drug Enforcement Agency has 90 days to review your drug to, to decide if it's going to be a, a scheduled drug, right? Um, mm -hmm. And what that afforded us to do is, now we, we pretty much know what our label is, minus is it going to be a schedule four, a schedule five, or not schedule? But we pretty much finalized every aspect of our launch, including uh, recruiting and bringing on the sales force and having them ready to go January 1st. And we immediately brought them on and started training them. So we had an opportunity to launch a disease, a disease state education campaign to talk about the unmet need. Uh, we, we, we hired and trained our management team, our sales organization. So we really were able to take advantage uh, of that time frame to, okay, we're going to be ready to launch in the second quarter of, of, of 2020. We'll, we'll hear back from the DEA and we'll just flip the switch and, and go out there and, and, and launch this drug like, in, like the normal drug, right? Face to face, yeah. you know, some, some, you know, social media campaigns and things like that. So we were pre we were pretty much ready to go uh, prior to COVID, um, and 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 again everything was 
you know, ready to turn the key and and and, and fire off and let's 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 get this going. So when you know when everything starts, you know, you start hearing the initial you know reports out of Asia in January and February, and then I guess in early March it kind of hit our area, you know, in um in uh, Westchester. What what were some of the immediate changes? What were some of the first moves that you made? Um, where where was the uncertainty? Where were kind of the decisions that you couldn't make right away? Yes, yeah, so I think the first the first thing we did was um, you know the the, the, the C suite at SK um, we got together and and we said um, you know we're gonna we're gonna hear from from uh, the agency the agency soon we're we're gonna be ready to launch in the May timeframe um, what what do we you know well, let's think about pros and cons let's think about what are some of the things uh, you know we should or should not be doing now? What fortunately for us, we had always been prepared. Actually, we we were we were always going to launch with the flexibility of the healthcare providers to provide product, either the normal channel through retail, or uh, we had a program set up where. Um, where physicians could could write the product and have the product delivered directly to the patient. So we already had provided in our plans prior to the flexibility and choice to healthcare professionals once they do identify a patient and start writing that you can go retail or you can have the, the product delivered to the patient, which as you know, many pa patients, you know, not only patients, but just people in general didn't want to leave their homes. So, yeah, so, so we had that in place, but the real decision was we, we had to take into account the safety of our employees, right? We don't want to put them at risk. We have to be very conscientious around the healthcare provider uh, providers and the, and, and the physicians themselves. Their workflow is going to be extremely interrupted. Um, so we had, to, we had to figure out sort of, you know, how do we weave our way into that or not, right? And you know the decision when you when you start thinking about the safety of our employees and being very respectful of what's happening to to patients their lives their caregivers and the healthcare professionals and how they're going to operate we had to make a decision are we going to go or are we going to wait and i think many you know many companies sat and and, and made this sort of faced with the same decision do we wait to launch? Let's see how this goes. Maybe it goes away in, by by May or June or July, or or it stays. And then you know maybe we make a decision later. So our decision was uh, not a simple one, obviously, but this was the decision we made: was one, we're going to launch, and 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 here are some of the reasons why. One, uh, people suffer from you know from seizures. Seizures don't take a break during during pandemics in fact there's literature that's that that's clear high anxiety high stress can actually lead to more seizures yeah exactly um, so we said you know what we we um for the good of the patient um and, and caregivers we, we we can't wait so then the decision was so how how are we gonna how are we gonna do this um and we said well we've got a lot of assets that we already had sort of, um, you know, in today's day and age, everything's digi digitized. 
So we knew we can, you know, immediately, you know, you know, use our digital assets in a virtual environment. So, so we were ready for that. But the question was, how do we, how do we launch this thing? How are we going to make, you know, do this virtual? And, and let me back up and say this: we, we, we had a call with, um, with the decision that we made internally. We said we're gonna, we're gonna talk to some key opinion leaders that we've been working with for the last three years, let's let's run it by them and let's see, sort of get validation that you know, we should, the, the route in which we're taking is the right route. And we had a call, we had 20, we had 25, um, you know, physicians on board, you know, on the call and they were extremely supportive. In fact, um, complimentary in the approach and I remember one one say one one uh, physician said we called it a soft launch, right? We're gonna go we're gonna go we're gonna ease into the launch. We're gonna be very focused, very narrow with epileptologists who are really the specialists who treat uh, in they're, they're neurologists but are specialists in epilepsy. And and many of them said every launch should be sort of a gradual soft launch. So very complimentary. We felt good that the decision we made was the right decision. And, um, and that's what we did. And we, we, we told the sales organization, you know, cause we didn't launch till May 11th. We said, start making your appointments. Um, you know, get in touch with the healthcare providers, be very respectful. We're not going to push ourselves on, on, on there. It's about their time, not our time. And uh, that's what we did. We had every rep um, reach out to uh, between 1,000 and 1,200 physicians that are the high treaters of epilepsy. And, and we, we set up appointments to do virtual calls. Uh, and that's how we launched. Um, the the, the buildup, the launch day, the couple of days after. Walk me through those. Tell me a little bit about some of the feedback that you received. Tell me a little bit about some of the some of the things that worked well. Tell me about some of the things that maybe didn't go as well as you would have liked. Yes, so, so we we actually had a launch meeting virtually. So we had four days of of, of a virtual launch, taking the sales organization uh, through all the marketing material. And that in of itself was, uh, you know, you know, we we, we try to make the, you know the best of it. We we had to try to make it a little bit entertaining and fun and. And uh, we incorporated family members in in in, uh, <laughs> in some of our Zoom meetings, which was great. Um, Bringing and all the dogs were, and other pets, right? Hey, dogs, pets, kids, you name it. You know, <laughs> uh, we had we had we had one uh, we had one of our reps uh, who has horses lives lives on on a farm. We had a horse we had a horse involved in the uh, in, in, in Zoom meeting. I'm like, that's it was just awesome and. Uh, and I think you know we we part of the culture that we've created here is is it is about you know um, trying to create a culture of 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 you know all inclusive you know family's important um, they, they're living through this just as much as as we're living through it and and, and to your point that you mentioned earlier you know they they they're now more part of our work than ever before to think about it right you you know your young your young children are seeing firsthand how daddy works and, and 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 spouses are seeing it's like you know what bring them in the fold they're part of this yeah. um and, and and it was it was it was great um uh, but in terms of you know i think what we 
what worked for us, let me start with what worked. We, we were very concerned about virtual fatigue because we weren't the only company, we weren't gonna be the only company to, 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 to launch, launch or forget about launch, just sell in that environment, right? You got launch. But we, we thought one of the advantages, and it proved to be, we did, it, we did some market research that came back last week that proved, that proved our hypothesis that, um, that when you, they're going to want to, healthcare professionals, if they're going to make a choice on a virtual call in between all the other challenges that they had, um, was learning about a new product. So we saw that we, we got more time with, with physicians than other other pharma companies because they wanted to learn about a new a new asset a new product so so what worked well for us was you know having a new product introducing new product you know intrigued healthcare professionals and and certainly wanted to hear it uh, virtual listen it was a little bit clunky in, in in the beginning and and only because some some healthcare professionals were it was new to them to do virtual believe it or not not everybody was was comfortable with the technology but we worked through it we either used our technology you know there's five there's five six different technologies you can use uh you know zoom on and uh we were able to adapt and make make the you know course correct there and then uh you know we 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 um you know were able to uh certainly uh send any material to them virtually um, and and I think some of the challenges that we did have that I think were no different from from uh, you know all of us in the, in the in the space and in the business was under really we 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 weren't quite on um, we, we learned that when we talked to clinicians their workflow changed dramatically and it was from uh, my 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 unit just got got taken over for, for COVID patients. Uh, I'm not going into the hospital. Uh, I'm doing it virtually. Uh, trying to connect with my staff virtually. You know, they, them trying to really connect with their medical assistants or or their the people in their office was a very big challenge for them. You know, when you launch a drug or even when you just when you when you sell a drug uh, or sell anything for that matter, it's not just who you're selling it to. It's it's who are the the who are the um, supporting cast, if you will, that also need to be educated, and and bring them. You know, when you walk into an office, they're all there. It's 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 relatively simple. I talk to the healthcare professional, then I go talk to the medical assistant. I go talk to the receptionist. How do you get them all on a virtual call? That is not that is not easy. Um, so and you're working so that, around school schedules. You're working around everything else as well. Exactly. So that was one of the challenges that. Um, you know, we were faced with how do we collectively talk to the the the, the entire environment that is required to to make sure they, they get all their answers uh, to all the questions that they have and understand, you know, how we get the product to, to the patient. Um, so, again, going back to that flexibility and choice, it served us really well that um, that they can just write a prescription and they go to their local you know pharmacy or they can. Uh, you know, we can work with them and getting it, getting the product delivered uh, to the patient. So, yeah, that, that was some of the challenges that, you know, really, how do we embed ourselves in that workflow? And to this day, uh, there are still people that have not, uh, we have a, a, a you know, a key opinion leader up in Boston. She, she, she hasn't been in a clinic for months. It's all telemed and, um, and probably going to stay that way for, for a while.
Um, in terms of, it was one of the things that, I'm not sure if health is the right word, but one of the things that maybe, you know, pushed you up a little bit in the priority queue, the fact that, you know, it's a new brand in epilepsy and it's, you know, a very unique therapeutic area. Um, does, is what, is the product itself almost give you a tiny bit of a leg up, you know, given that, you know, it wasn't a me too drug. It wasn't, you know, the eighth drug in a category with 80 of them, you know, did that help? Yeah. I, what helped, I think what helped was, was, uh, no, people, neurologists and, and, and epileptologists who treat, who are the high treaters of epilepsy. Um, and, and even, and, and there's a big, big community of, um, advanced practice providers, nurse practitioners, uh, physician assistants. What, what's, what's interesting about this space, it is a very small community, right? So what I mean by that is if we were launching, let's say a, 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 a drug for diabetes, um, as, as an example. While there are specialists, endocrinologists that, that work with diabetes, primary care physicians, family practitioners, internal medicine, pretty much are, are treaters. And, and we're talking about hundreds of thousands of healthcare practitioners. So what's a little bit different here is, is it's a very small community uh, you know, between 10 and 15,000, it's not a lot compared to primary care when you think about it. Um, and, and they, they are very well connected and they talk to each other. There's a lot of communication that takes place. The product had a lot of buzz, uh, you know, about, about coming to market, a lot of buzz about how efficacious the product was, uh, amongst the community. So, yeah. so I think, you know, that certainly helped us. Um, I think what we did, you know, obviously we couldn't talk about the product prior to launch. Um, as you know, that's, that's just, can't do that. Um, but, but I think what helped us was we spent a lot of time when I came, when I started, when I started in September that year, one of the, one of the parts of the business plan was, although we have to worry, you know, build a plan to launch the, the drug, our priority for 17, 2018 was we're launching a company. We spent a, a tremendous amount of time on who SK, who SK Life Science is. And, and we, we, we spent just as much time and energy and resources of who we are and who SK was and promoting the product. Because first of all, A, that was the only thing we were allowed to do. And B, we had to, because we, you never want to launch a drug Without people knowing who the company is, and and some of the sound likes, and some of the sound points we gave, you know, I talked about earlier, like who are you guys? Well, we're, we're a company that's been in drug discovery and drug development for a long time. We're supported by uh, one of the top companies, uh, one of the top conglomerates in in in, in Korea. Uh, we certainly had the financial backing, to, you know, and commitment to bring this forward. Um, and and I think that's that helped us because then between the chatter and the, the conversations taking place in, in in that community amongst you know physicians and then people get you know familiar with who we are uh, as far as a company that certainly has helped us get get the, the, the time um, you know that we needed to to launch the drug um, during this environment. Okay. Um, we're about uh, about ninety days past May eleventh. Um, you know, we're in the middle of August right now. Um, what, what in your minds were some of the most important learnings? What were some of the biggest takeaways 
from the experience that you've had so far, you know, with of course the caveat that again, it's only 90 days past uh, past launch. So I, I said a few times about, you know, flexibility and choice. I, I think internally, yeah. I think internally it was about um, looking at the choice and we got to be flexible. I think the the biggest uh, one of the biggest was we 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 have to take take advantage and 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 learn and and really stay on top of this environment that that that's changing by the day, uh, and it continues to do so. And so one of the learnings was more about how you know we got to be flexible, we got to be nimble, and we got to be quick. Um, and, and in order to do that, you have to have a lot of flexibility as an organization from from our regulatory people, from our medical people to, you know, get get things approved pretty quickly through the medical legal review process. Um, so so we certainly, um, you know, that was one of the biggest learnings was, you know, we got to we got to just be, be nimble and flexible. The other learning was um, that that we have to provide different choices because every every clinician um, is in a different situation. There were some cities, as you know, that were not affected. And uh, there were some cities that were highly affect, uh, affected. So we had to be able to provide the, the sales organization, even them the flexibility to make the decision on when it was safe to go out and when it, you know, when it was just, let's just stay virtually uh, and, and let them make that decision and empower them to make the decision at the local level, keeping in mind, keeping themselves and of course their families safe. Um, I, I think social media, we, we knew was always important. We had plans to do that anyway at launch. We, we decided to, to, to hold off uh, initially at launch. And now we've, we've, we've kind of turned the spigot on because we wanted to see how things would progress. And we didn't want to uh, exhaust some of the resources early if it, we weren't going to get back the ROI that we would expect, so we, we've now changed that, and because uh, now we've made a decision that this isn't going to go away for a while, and we made some tweaks and changes. Um, the other thing I would say is, um, you know, learning about what other mediums are out there, and I think we're going to have to take a chance on certain things. When I say take a chance, there are a lot of different, you know, vendors that uh, come to us about different things. And, and when, you're, when you're not sure and they're new, you've got to make a choice. Do we want to take a chance to see if it works? Uh, do we not? And I think the answer is somewhat in the middle. I think we can't be too conservative, but we certainly can't be cowboyish and crazy about doing things totally, you know, radical. I think there's a, a happy medium. I think we want to test the waters with waters with certain things, and, and we're going to do that. That we think is going to, you know, complement what we're doing with other things. And I, I think that's that's sort of the 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 the, the, the approach we're taking. Um, but I, I think I think the takeaway is telemed is going to the other the last the last takeaway I, I will tell you is uh, telemed is going to stay. It's it's not going away. It's going to grow. Um, uh, exponentially, even more so today. Mm -hmm. uh, but but I also think, Larry, the face-to-face -face is, is not going to stop. Uh, the physicians are going to still want to see us face-to-face. Uh, -face. So how do we incorporate in the workflow that hybrid approach? 
Debbie, just one last question for you. And um, you certainly touched on the answer, but I'll throw it at you uh, anyway. Um, you know, in, in, in a world that, you know, is kind of changing every couple of hours, um, what, what's next? Um, how, how do you think what we've experienced during the last couple of months, you know, with COVID will change the way that commercial teams operate? Um, are there some aspects beyond, you know, telemedicine and one or two other things that you mentioned in terms of flexibility? Are there some aspects of this that are going to become a permanent thing, you know, maybe even a couple of years sooner than everybody initially anticipated? Yeah. Um, let me let me let me rub off my my crystal ball. Let, let me see what yeah. it says. Right. <laughs> all you the know, all the crystal balls are dusty nowadays, you know. Yeah, yeah mine's been dusty for thirty some odd years, so uh, uh, not, <laughs> it's not going to make that big of a difference. I think. I, let me touch again on telehealth. I think telehealth is is here to stay and will certainly uh, accelerate, no doubt. I, I think one of the benefits of telehealth. Um, and not only in the epilepsy space, but in the space of other um, other disease states, is the opportunity for patients and caregivers to get the care that they need from specialists where they can't get to because geographically they're just too far away, um, or or can't afford to travel, you know, three four hundred miles, you know, get a hotel room. Uh, the expense of that, seeing a specialist and then going back, you know, back home or getting on, on a plane to go see a specialist. Uh, so I think that is uh, so great for, for patients and caregivers who who just can't do it now with, with telehealth. It's it, they can get on the phone with 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 a, a specialist. You know, if you're in Hawaii, we talked to a physician who has patients in Alaska and, and those specialists don't exist there and, and yeah. they can jump on, on, on zoom and, 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 and have a conversation and, and help them diagnosing. And so I think, I think which is fantastic. Right. Um, I, I think from an industry perspective, um, I, again, I touched on it before, we just kind of have to be flexible. We're going to have to be flexible as the environment changes. And as we see how, care is delivered to to patients we're going to have to be lockstep with 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 the healthcare community on how we can again insert ourselves in a very uh respectful non-intrusive way and be part of that workflow and be part of those 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 processes um, that will benefit the patients caregivers and healthcare professionals so um i think that's what's next uh, again, flexibility and choice uh, is and, and, and being adapt and, and being able to adapt to change um, is going to be critical. That's right, and in every almost in every business, right? You know, if you're not flexible at this point, you know, chances are you've had a pretty rough last couple of months. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. If if you're not if you don't have at least the mindset to change, I mean, it all starts with your mindset. Um, you know, figuring out what to change to, uh, you don't even get there if you don't have the mindset of saying we got we got to change things up. Um, and I think if you get over that, then you can then you can it at least helps you say let's figure, okay what are some options what what do we want to try differently what but as you know change is not easy and 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 trying to get people over the the, the hump of just just change your just switch your mind. And say we we have to change. It's not going to be that you know. It'll be hard, but it's doable. It, it's going to be difficult, 
but a ton of learning. And then last but not least, the reason why we have to do it, we got to survive. We got it. We, we mm -hmm. got it. You want to stay Amen. in business. If you want to stay in business, you got to change. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, I think any business, if you have that mindset, which, which my organization, um, you know, commercially, we, we, we started that from day one that, um, even prior to COVID, uh, you know, if you don't have this mindset of change and adaptability, um, think about the, the narrative and I'll leave you with this. The narrative was you, you, some of these people we've recruited from big pharma and we said, be, before you come on board here, this was during the interview process. Understand this this is going to be very different from, from where you're coming from. If you're coming from an established company, we haven't established many things. And if you don't have that mindset to adapt and be flexible and change, we actually talk people out of coming here. This is not the place for you. But if you're willing to roll up your sleeves, willing to adapt, deal with deal with change. Then this and, and and be excited about launching what we think is going to be a, fun, a, a phenomenal asset. Then this is the place to come, and those are the people we hired. And some people chose not to come, and we were like, you know what? No problem, no harm, no foul. We respect it. You're going to win in the long run. We're going to win in the long run. And if you want to opt out? That's okay too. Sebi, I cannot thank you enough for your time here today. This is an amazing education for us, and it's an amazing story. I'd love to uh, love to check back in with you in a couple months to see how this continues to go. But thank you for your time today. Larry, I'm always available. Again, thank you for having us, and uh, look forward to, to speaking to you in a few months. So uh, stay safe out there, and uh, we'll hopefully we'll talk soon. You as well. And everybody, many thanks for listening to the MM&M podcast. We will be back next week and be safe, be well, and we'll catch you then. Take care.